Who's farting in the ghost toilet? (laughs) What's after breakfast? What's before lunch? It's Austin, Texas. It's weird brunch. Whoa. Wow. Wow. Now that's enough. I've said two Borat things today and it's it's not cool. Your brain's a little melted. It's, it's little okay. Worst thing. I woke up and then accidentally fell back asleep twice. You're just wallering. You're just sleeping. And then I woke up the second time, texted y'all I was gonna <laughs> be late. <laughs> yep. And my hand just got feeling back in it about hey. ten minutes ago because I guess I fell asleep on my little paw. Oh. Well, I'm glad your hand didn't. I don't know. Fall, fall off. off. Yeah. yeah. I think it'd be kind of cool if your hand fell off, personally. I use this one. Oh. Well, maybe grow back. I feel like I could be ambidextrous if I tried. How are you going to be ambidextrous with only one hand? You're automatically ambidextrous if you're using both hands and you only have one hand. I don't... What? Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Just because I fell back asleep does not mean I got high. I (laughs) don't know what just happened. Haley, Mm. what are these addicting snacks you brought us i don't i have to look at what they're called um but they're like they're little Haley's? spicy baklava little spicy Haley's. Haley's. they look like they're from india they were i was in india yeah yes mm. Haley just got back from india i just had a quick trip mm-hmm. a, a jaunt in and out. just a little, little, a little jaunt in and out mm-hmm. it was not quick it's it's well, i was talking to whitney before you got here it's 24 hours of travel to get there 24 hours back and an 11 and a half hour time difference so i did not adjust so until when like wednesday she left friday. <laughs> but you left here on a friday at say it again what so was i left it? on friday at 7 p.m and i got to mumbai at 6 a.m on sunday <laughs> i don't i'll never understand Wait, how what? that works yeah. you left at 2 a.m when no i left at 7 p.m. on a Friday, mm-hmm. and I got to Mumbai at 6 a.m. on Sunday because it is 24 hours of travel and then an 11 and a half hour time difference. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then when I came back, I left at 2 a.m. on Friday and got to Austin at 4 p.m. On, on Friday. On Friday. Same day. Same day. Yeah. Man, what's it like to time travel? <laughs> it's very painful. Yeah. It, Getting out there wasn't as bad, like, because, you know, you're excited for the trip and mm-hmm. everything. Like, when we got to Mumbai, we were then suddenly stuck in a two-hour-long um, yeah. customs line. I don't know. Like, it sucked. <laughs> like, the person that I travel with who's traveled several times was like, this has never happened to me before here. But you're already there, so you're kind of like, whatever. Like, right. It's gonna what are, yeah, what are you going to do? Yeah, I you feel like can't it, go if anywhere. that happened on the way back with how, like, what was I saying? The, the, yeah, travel, this thing, is it's expensive to get out there. And it is a m- m- endurance test to do that actual travel. But once you're out there, everyone's really nice and everything's really inexpensive. So I would absolutely go back, like. I would love to go back and go for two weeks, like with a work trip and then do a week of work and then stay for another week. Would Brandon like mm-hmm. it? Yeah. I think Brandon would maybe have a hard time with just the noise. population density and the yeah. noise because there it's mm-hmm. there's no quiet. Even I when you're in your hotel room, it's you can still hear the roads for the most part. So, yeah, that sound just from you talking about it. That was like, oh, I don't 
I would have to I wonder figure that if out. That would get to me, or if I would be like, "Fuck yeah!" Because I always have to have noise. noise in some form. I think it's more of like if I mean, you if you're in an unfamiliar place, sometimes you just need a second to be like, "Okay, where am I? Where am I going?" Right. And you don't have the moment to kind of just like pause. Um, everywhere that we went, like away from the office or the hotels that we were at, we were with somebody that was local, either mm-hmm. a tour guide or one of our coworkers. Yeah. So we were mostly just like following them. And I think I would need that. I would always need somebody who knew where they were going. Right. Um, but yeah, it was, um, it was really cool. I, w- I absolutely love to go back and stay longer. Were you able to like sleep on the, plane? on the plane? I don't sleep on planes. I don't either, but I feel like I would, if I could, in that scenario, I would definitely try. If I was mm-hmm. going to go out again, I would probably pay for the upgrade. To like, have like a laybackable chair. Like, yeah, to like be able to fully lay down. Yeah. And I I got spots because I did do the thing where I like bought my seat. Like after I got my ticket, I could go in and like pay. So I could go ahead and pick my seat and not have to wait for luck of the draw. Mm-hmm. And I did that. And each time I pretty much got a spot that was either in a fire exit lane or where there was in the middle seat ended up being open. Mm. So that was good. So I didn't feel at least cramped, but right. I, I can't, I have a hard time sleeping as is. So not being able to fully lay down, it's just not going to happen. Yeah. Hmm. How so. much, what's that price difference? Yeah. I'm, I'm sure planning a trip right um, now. <laughs> Twice at least as much. Right. I feel like what I've seen, it's like three times. Yeah. It's a lot. It's a lot, a lot of but money. But if your work's paying for Well, my work it. wouldn't pay for the upgrade. Right. They, there's like a But if they'll standard, pay for the then base I, I would layer. pay for the upgrade. Exactly. So wait, what if, okay, if you could only lay all the way down there or back, what's your choice? Back. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Because like, you have that excitement and adrenaline yeah. when you first get there. So y- I could do just one way, a nappy. Yeah. That's what I was kind of thinking too. Yeah, because the last like three hours on the flight from London to Austin, my back was spasming so much just because I was had been sitting. Mm-hmm. Even when we were in Heathrow yeah. for five hours, I tried to get up and walk around. Doesn't matter. It's just I would get. I would think I would get see if I could get like a prescription for like Valium or something, just to take Talk the you out something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I have enough Xanax to save up for that. Yeah. <coughs> Planning your trip to India yeah. with the Xanax. Got a stockpile. Doing some prepping with <laughs> pills. <laughs> Pill sure, prepping. Sure. As long as you have a prescription, you should be fine. I do. Let's go. Pill prepping work. I don't have any friends at work. <coughs> like Except I'm for Brandon. They were married. Um, and at work, not he's not my friend. Friends. Um, he knows this place. Yeah, no, I'm very weary of the concept of like work bestie. Like that just seems like an HR issue. I just m- at some make point my me. work friends actual friends. No, I don't do that. I have like friendly well, like with Brittany. people. Y'all know. Yeah. Yeah. Like I'm friends with her and Jenny. Jenny. It's me. like, yeah. Like but let's go get a happy first. hour actually. If I text you outside of work and try to hang out outside of work, we're friends. Oh, my mm-hmm. boss texts me outside of work, but it's mostly just pictures of her cats. That's which friendship. Is high quality. She got a new cat, and it's this white, like, bread cat with, like, the short little legs, <gasps> and it's very, pl- I'll show like you a picture. Like a little munchkin or whatever yeah, they're it's called? quite literally the cutest thing oh in the entire God. world. Oh, my God. Oh, I want a cat. CJ sent me a picture of this little French bulldog, and he was, like, found dog. No. And it was at wor- his work, and I was, like. Wait, was s- it Crash's dog? No. 
and it I looks like the kitties oh and like the paintings God. of kitties that are like all corny. It looks like the kitties in um, Aristocats. Yes. Yeah. It's a Lisa Frank kitty. Look how it little is. like I don't know if you can tell how <laughs> little its belly. legs are. My favorite thing I is she, eat it. she always sends live videos, so I can always I yeah, like the you movement. see the little jiggles. <laughs> face. I, that looks so serious. I love it. His name's Milkshake. It's <laughs> that very, is also very a cute. good name. It really has that like say that again to me face. <laughs> <laughs> I dare you. Oh god. Sh- what were you saying? Oh, so the, he sends me this picture of this French bulldog, and she's like really cute. And I was like, oh my god, uh, like what do you mean it was found? Right, like, <laughs> and he was like, I don't. A coworker found it in the uh, parking lot. It had crossed like a big street, oh. not the highway, but like an right. a, something thoroughfare. Yeah, and uh, it had like a gold chain, but not really a tag on it. Mm. And I was like, CJ, that's a seven thousand yeah, dollar yeah. dog that's yeah, a designer that it, and she was purebred and i know that because she had her nipples dragging on the damn floor almost <sighs> oh no and i was like if y'all don't see signs or anything do not return no that no that's a breeding puppy. Yeah. yeah and i but i was also like if your co-worker doesn't want her i'll take in a third like yeah I don't know that I would keep her, but I'll at least foster. Yeah, but find somebody. For I was her. like somebody, but yeah, I was like somebody just left their seven thousand dollar dog. That's a money maker. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Out. Like, what are you doing? She escaped. That seems like Poor thing. there was already some missed care opportunities, yeah. and now there's additional reasons. I was like, don't return that dog. No. I was on the next door. There was somebody advertising for puppies, and. The woman was basically saying, like, my mom is an ethical breeder or mm-hmm. whatever. And I'm like, I don't think that's a thing. Did you give her the whole capitalism chat? No, I didn't. Um, is there any type of ethical breeding? I don't think I so. I don't think that there's any type of ethical breeding of yeah, the animals. I, um, but she was, she like, in the comments, somebody called her out, like, about it. And oh, she was like, my mom no. only breeds her, like, once, like, twice a year. And I'm like, twice? a year i know that dogs have a lower gestational period but oh yeah they that's mean, like majority yeah, time that would pregnant how well, do you know what kind of i dog think that's half a no. year pregnant yeah i think they could crank them out four to five i'm now i'm very interested yeah. in this but, I saw, and I was but like, it's very dark. I did report it to, to next door to see if I could get it taken down. 58 to 68 days is the so too much. gestation period. For dogs, still. Dang, for horses, it's eleven it's or twelve months. Yeah, yeah, it's like a full year. I yeah. didn't know that. Horses have Christine, a. Do you follow Christine on Instagram? Mm-mm. Her the car. Yeah, the car. <laughs> the car, no, Christine. She's, she's our um our resident our doctor. resident doctor and authority. Yes. Um, but on horse girls. On horse, horse girls. girls, but it is um. I don't know. Is it calving season? Is it? Is that what it's called? Calving season. Um, <laughs> I have no idea if that's what, because uh, horses aren't having because there's calves, like kitten season, right? Yeah, Foal. Foal. foaling. That's what it is. Yeah. Foaling season. Whatever. If Three it ain't fall, it's foal. In their because stable. Yeah, in their stable had horses had little baby ponies. Have you seen a horse's and feet it when crazy. it comes out? Yes, I have. No. I'm good. Don't Google it. I'm well, it made good. my teeth feel weird. Well, obviously, like <laughs> the horse hoof cannot be fully formed Hooved. because it would um, it would kick out the insides of it. Kick its out mom. their mom's virginer to get out. It'd be bad, and uh, so it's more of kind of like kind of looks like a squid 
Yeah, but with it's all, all its cartilage, it's together. uncarded, hardened cartilage. It's. Ugh, I don't want to think. It hard to talk about it. I watch a, a lot of farriers on TikTok. Do you ever get farriers? Are they the the trimmer? Yeah, yeah, all the time. I, I love what? it. The what? Just people, people who, who shear, shear trim no. hose oh. or put new um, horseshoes on mm-hmm. and stuff, and it's feet. So there's some fucked up things that happen to your feet. So sometimes there's like abscesses that mm-hmm. they have to like carve through. It's and very they tell satisfying. you what's happening. I'm so yeah. glad I haven't eaten yet. <laughs> Ugh, I was eating dinner when I was <laughs> I was editing the last episode and you were talking about terrare. Oh, eating. And yeah. like the stuff about him and eating in the hospital stuff from yeah. the hospital. What? And I was like having to like actually stop and be like, OK, just get through <laughs> it. So trigger warning on the last episode. <laughs> After if you the fact, listen if you to it or not. Um, I gotta pee you real quick. Go piss, girl. Thank you. Welcome to Weird Brunch. I'm Whitney Lamond. I'm Lisa Friedrich. Farden the ghost toilet. Farden in the ghost, ghost toilet, toilet as w- our special guest. Where did you get Farden in the ghost toilet it's from? from? TikTok. Spooky pooping. Oh, that's what yeah. it is. So it's different than piggy dipping, but it's, it's, it's in the same version. cadence it's of a piggy dipping. Okay, of piggy dipping. Okay, I have to. <laughs> There's Lisa layers. has to excuse herself. I have to figure out my life. And you're just why it's not, not very TikTok. You're not Gen Z enough. You're not. I'm not very cool. Brandon has been playing Magic: The Gathering with some of his work mates and they're all younger and he has been saying some gen z words at <gasps> home he's taking it home yeah he's <laughs> don't take that shit home with you mm-hmm. what he called something cap the other day no um, cap has made its way though into the modern vernacular to where it's out yeah i was we've been watching you know netflix is now doing their own dating show that is all of the other Netflix realities oh, people, you know, like and a so Hydra, like a rat queen. Yes, of <laughs> yes, <laughs> like a rat queen. Like yes, Hydra. yes, or like a high. So and you Cerberus. know, it ha- it's the other dating show with the people who didn't get picked yeah. or whatever. It's the losers dating. But show, um, one of the games they played was truth or cap. And I was like, really? If you're going to call one of them truth, I feel like you can't say cap. But hearing Nick Lachey be like, is it fact or is it cap? And it's Ew. like, you are 50. You are old. You have for 75 this. children. Nick Lachey, does he? Oh, I thought you said Nick Cannon. Um, no. Did no. I say Nick Cannon? No, Nick Lachey mm-hmm. from 98 Degrees. Okay. And formerly of Jessica of Simpson. Of Jessica Simpson. Yeah. Of chicken chicken time. of yes chicken, chicken and non-chicken fame yeah um, i think it's a valid question i don't know why so many people gave a shit for that just don't question women <laughs> okay perfect how about that agreed i mean unless they're like republican <laughs> other than that even then even then like mostly just side eye yeah side, side eye yeah Oh no! More TikTok sounds. Okay. See, that's when y'all start saying like the same thing, and I don't get it. I just am like, "Mm." oh, it's a tick. It's a tick. It's one of them TikTok. Should we start? Telling stories. Who wants to go first, Lisa? I I think that's (laughs) a fucked up question right now. I I think think you're bullying me. (laughs) I I am bullying (laughs) you. (laughs) 
I appreciate she it. It's one of my, it's my love language. Is I feel seen. Good. So thank I you. See you. <laughs> Very I see you. I'm still taking notes. When even you go first. I'm just kidding. I would never. Well, there's a lot of animosity here now, so I think yeah. Whitney, you need to break the ice. Okay. <laughs> I'm ready. It's funny because usually I bully Whitney, so I this know. is a fun change of this pace. Is, this <laughs> is my final form into being a Lamont. You're not resistant enough to it. Like, if you just oh. accept it, then that's the, the wind is completely taken out of our sails. Well, how do I fight you on you calling me out on exactly what I'm doing? You have to come back on it. You know what? We'll, we'll figure it out later. New Hampshire. <laughs> Tell me about it. 1968. Hot. I remember. Fremont, New Hampshire, to be precise. So let's let's that's where we're starting. I know I like to start with a location. That's kind of my it, thing. It's grounding. It really sets the mood. Um, Fremont. It's an average and forgettable town, <laughs> rimmed Jesus. by the Exeter River. It's in the southeast corner of New Hampshire. If you're familiar with the state, it's about 50 miles away from Boston. The things it's known for at the time in the 60s mm. being the hometown of the obscure 1920s meteorologist Herbert Brown and being the first place a B-52 bomber ever crashed without killing anyone. Wow. Pretty Is this from their tourism to board? fame. Sure. So... In the 1960s, most people in Fremont are their jobs. They're raising dairy cows or they're making handkerchiefs at the Exeter textile mill. Right. High demand for handkerchiefs. High demand for handkerchiefs. I would say petering. They were also um, building barrels, which actually high demand for barrel builders nowadays. People don't know how to do it anymore. I would love to learn how to make whiskey barrels and make a fuck ton of money. All right. Continuing. People generally worked, went to church, tended to their families, and lived quiet lives. And here comes our, uh, I guess he's kind of the main dude. Okay. His name, Austin Wiggin. Austin was extremely superstitious. Not just a little stitious? Yeah, not just, he was super duper stitious. Wow, wow, wow. His mom was a fortune teller. Okay, well, they're pretty convenient. So when he's young, she's studying his palm and she tells him, in the future, you will marry a strawberry blonde woman. You will have two sons who I will not live to see. And then you will have daughters. And those daughters will go on to form a band that will be the biggest band in the world. What the fuck? This is some like... And Austin is like, whoa, that's prophetic. Okay, I'm going to continue growing up because I'm a child. This is a lot to tell a 10-year-old, yeah. right? So he's, you know, he's growing up. He's kind of a conservative guy. He doesn't have interest really in anything other than kind of just getting by. He keeps to himself. And then one fateful day... Sure enough, he meets a girl named Annie. What does Annie have? Strawberry blonde hair. Dang, I thought you were going to say huge jugs. And huge jugs. Hell yeah. And, Hell yeah, Austin. You know, they hit it off. <laughs> get it, Austin. Get it, Austin. They Bury hit it off. They get it off. Annie and Austin get married. Hell yeah. And Hot. soon <laughs> after that, his mom dies. Also hot. Boner killer. Okay, there you go. Ooh, boner. 
I mean, she knew she was gonna. Yeah, she knew she was gonna die, I guess. Turns out some people die. Eventually, some people do. So his mom passed away shortly before his wife, Annie, gives birth to their first two sons. (gasps) Holy shit. Mom's stuff coming true. Over the next few years, Annie pops out three more kids, and they're all girls. Three daughters. Why do they gotta have so many? Dot... (gasps) Short for Dorothy. Oh, I love that. Helen and Betty. How? Wait, wait. When was this? Sixty-eight to no, seventy something. This isn't the sixties yet. Oh, okay. this is when they were We've born. Back. I thought we were well, going forward, yeah. and I was about no. to. Heim, Heim. Most this of this shit. story <laughs> takes place in the sixties. <laughs> no, it's not Heim. <laughs> it's, it's the creation of Ilana Heim. <laughs> She's the only one I know the name of. She ends at Mystic Pizza. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. <laughs> I wish that was the end of the Heim story. Yeah. It's not. No, I wanted it so It's bad. not. Okay. So Dorothy, Helen, and Betty. Dot, Helen, Betty. And Austin is like, well, all this stuff has come true. Uh, I guess the last thing I have to do is make these bitches into the greatest band the world has ever seen. Austin has no musical talent whatsoever. Minor setback. Right? But he was totally certain that he was going to be able to make his girls into the greatest band. He was also kind of like, this is also going to make me finally have some value in my life because I'm kind of just a schlub doing nothing. And now people will respect me. So Annie, his wife and their mother... Also not a music person. She preferred television and uh, that was that was their musical background. Nothing. Uh, so hey. even in town, Austin is known as an ornery, an ornery loner who was strict, old fashioned, definitely not a hippie because it's this we're getting into the 60s yeah. now. The girls are grown up. It's the 60s. Disco. Grown up as in late teenagers, right? Mm. He's not a hippie. He's not a rebel. He disapproves of long hair and short skirts. He was he's from a poor family, raising a poor family. At this point, she's had all her kids. There's seven of them. But it's the three girls that we're concerned about. He gets music and voice lessons for the girls, but it's kind of like whenever he can afford yeah, it. Yeah, that shit's expensive. Yeah, it is expensive. And the girls liked music, so they were really into Herman's Hermits. Ooh. Oh. Their dad was like, you're going to be rock stars? They weren't thinking that that's what their path was. You know, they were like, we're just going to be like the other people of Fremont, grow up, get married, pop out a few kids, go to church, right? Mm. Austin is like, well, y'all are teenagers now. I'm going to pull you out of school so I can homeschool you, aka not homeschool you, and you can practice music for this band that I have now deemed the Shags. And that Good is, name. and y'all are going to f- stop focusing on school and start focusing on music. A typical day for the girls would be practice in the morning and afternoon, rehearse songs for him after dinner, and then do calisthenics and jumping jacks or practice for another hour before going to bed. So you want to do jumping jacks or you want to practice another hour? So pretty unforgiving. The rehearsals were very solemn and Austin was not nice to them. 
how old are they at this time? Teenagers? They are, yeah. So they're all like two years apart. So I think it's 2018 and 16, maybe. Mm-hmm. So right around yeah. then, right? Um, and they were all in high school still mm-hmm. or in school. Austin forba- forbids the girls to date before they're 18, discourages any friendships. The three girls weren't popular as it is. They weren't very attractive. They didn't have any money. That's not necessary to say. I mean, I'll show you a picture. Okay. I mean, you know. They have good hearts. They have, they have That's something. That's what matters. Mm. That's on where the beauty inside? really is lies. That? To some people. Okay. Have you ever looked inside? To ugly people. To ugly people. When was the last time you were at a coroner's office? Uh, Two, more, three years ago? The inside Anyways, of people is hot. gooey. Yeah. So they weren't popular, and <laughs> them being taken out yeah. of school sets them apart entirely, even more from any of their peers. They're like the weirdos now, right? On top of already being but kind of weirdos. But their siblings are still going to school, I'm assuming. Yeah, oh, I think. Maybe not. I Will don't know. They, they don't really talk about the other this siblings. Is so. It's 1965. The Beatles are debuting on American television and Austin sees it and he's like, I don't know why my girls can't do some shit like this. And yet the sweet lumpish Wigan sisters from Fremont were playing pop music. Sorry. (laughs) at The father's insistence in the band that he directed. So their first public performance is at a talent show in nearby Exeter in 1968 the girls could even after being taken out of school and solely focusing on playing music they could barely play their instruments they didn't think they were themselves ready to appear in public but their dad is like you have to do this so they they do a cover of a country song called wheels and people in the audience throw soda cans at them <laughs> while screaming and you know heckling and just sort of think of it of the scene from um blues brothers with the yes. bottles yeah the chicken chicken but it's like Hot. three teenagers Rawhide. yeah yeah it's this three teenage no girls just get like that lump off of here <laughs> lumpish what a word so the girls are you know mortified and austin is like y'all just need to fucking practice more so they do they practice more they do their calisthenics practice some more on top of that dot starts writing songs that are basic melodies her and betty work together on the chords and rhythm and helen the eldest is over here making up her own drum parts right she's on the drums helen on the drums the songs were misshapen tunes full of shifting time signatures and odd meters abrupt key changes and with lyrics about Dot's lost cat, mm. her imaginary friend Footfoot, um, <laughs> and her yearning for a sports car, oh, and how yearns. much she liked to listen to the radio. So I'm going to... She has a I'm, rich inner are life. Are y'all ready to hear this? I feel I like this know. is a good I time. I want to hear the one about Footfoot. <laughs> Guess what you're about to hear about Footfoot. I'm so excited. Okay, this is going to be so much better than anything you can think it is. My pal Foot Foot. Hell yeah, gimme. Okay. 
singing's gonna happen soon. Don't worry. I'm excited. This is this is a recorded song. This is off of Spotify. Okay, you know, so. you know, it. I. That's just, the saddest song I've ever heard. They just don't make music you can dance to anymore. I mean, I, the thing is, like hearing that, all I can hear is Moldy Peaches. Me too. Yeah. yeah. Me yeah. fucking too. I'm mean, like, it, it's kind but, of. I mean, it's Moldy kind of Peaches fun. were on a band. Beat and, yeah. But the way they sing, very Moldy Peaches yeah. to me. So yeah, a lot of their music. But did, but did we listen so to creative. the lyrics? It's really My sad. He doesn't okay. live here, no here anymore. Yeah. Like, I think it it's actually, saying goodbye. It might have been like their lost cat. I don't. I don't know. Anyways, this album is Philosophy of the World. This is the first. This is philosophy That's of the world. Here, wait. Let me scroll a little. I've heard worse. Yeah, at house shows. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. That's obviously their that star. I'm going to show you a, the cover because it's their picture. It's just a picture of yeah. these lumpish girls, if you will. Okay. And I feel like lumpish is. It's the hair. Is a good way to describe. It's the hair, that heavy bang. The heaviest, heavy. thickest bangs and the lumpiest. The heavy girls. bang is hiding something. Yeah, those some lumpy hoes. <laughs> They're lumpish. Okay. So that's what they sound like. On Halloween, the Shags play a local nursing home. Oh, God, don't do that. Dot's song, It's Halloween. You ready for that? Close. And then go back. Okay, yep. I also feel like they all have like a speech impediment. Mm -hmm. I feel like it's like if you're making up a song about your cat and you're kind of doing it in like a sing songy kind Very of like. So. There's my little guy. Yeah. Like a I love four my or five guy. year old. Yeah. yeah. Except all these girls, and they're, they're 16 and up. Yeah. Like still, though, I guess they are stunted in that they yes. were pulled out of school. Yep. They aren't allowed to really have friends. Okay. All they talk to is each other and they talk like that. Okay. Oh, they have like anime. Yeah, right. anime. Yes. They're their own so language. they play their Halloween set and get a polite response from the residents. And Austin is like, that's the response we're looking for. Well, and he Austin, grow up. arranges for the girls to play at the Fremont Town Hall every Saturday night. The girls are worried about embarrassing themselves, but yeah. at the same time, they like the fact that they can go somewhere and be around other yeah. people. Yes. And they're like, I guess so. So according to one town hall regular, most people found the Shag's music to be, quote, painful and torturous. 
and sometimes as many as 100 kids would show up at the dances, though. Practically the entire adolescent population of Fremont because there wasn't anything else for the kids to do on the weekends. The audience would dance, chat, heckle the band, pelt them with trash, and um, <laughs> grudgingly like going to appreciate a, them. It's like going to a public <laughs> hanging. But Every over, Saturday But they're night. like edging the hanging. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like it's never done. So... Austin's next step, he starts making tapes and home movies of the town hall shows. And then he's like, we need to record this motherfucking album. Y'all is going to be sick. He pawns a lot of their possessions, works day and night, saves every penny he can so that they can create their debut album, Philosophy of the World. In March 1969, Austin takes the shags to record their album at Fleetwood Studios in Revere, Massachusetts. It was a studio that was mainly used to record local rock groups and marching bands. The sisters, again, are like, Dad, I don't think we're ready to do this. One engineer at the studio recalled them looking miserable. Austin, the dad, dismissed the engineer's opinion that they were not ready, saying... Quote, I want to get them while they're hot. And see, I don't know if that means like musically hot or physically hot because I think he's wrong on both (laughs) levels. Okay. Another producer named Bobby Hearn recalled that the studio staff shut the control room doors and were rolling on the floor laughing during their recording. The album was recorded in a single day. The song My Pal Foot Foot and Things I Wonder were released on 45s on Fleetwood Records shortly after. Hearn, that same producer, and another Fleetwood employee, Charlie Dreyer, bought the Third World recording studio in another in another city in Massachusetts. They enlisted to remix the recordings and they hired session musicians to record to re-record certain parts of it but the session musicians were unable to follow <laughs> the shag's erratic erratic timing oh. and they couldn't remix anything oh god austin paid to have third world press a thousand copies of the shag's first album in the liner notes he wrote that the shags loved quote, loved making music and described them as, quote, real, pure, unaffected by outside influences. Yeah, because they're because they are. And I don't know if they really. Yeah, they're not affected. According to many accounts, Dreyer delivered only 100 of the thousand copies of the album. Nobody knows what happened to the other 900. Did they just not make them? Dot said that they thought that Dreyer had stolen their father's money. Um, so maybe they didn't even press them. But according to another music executive, he thinks that Austin refused to distribute the extra copies because he feared someone would copy their music and try to imitate their unique sound. I wish I was 
that delusional about anything. Same. I think I'd be happier. Others said that Dreyer just kept the boxes of the records in the studio and would give them to anyone who asked. A journalist said it was also unlikely that Dreyer had stolen because they were literally valueless at the time. Philosophy of the World, the album, received no media coverage. And the Shags just go back to playing locally. The girl group returns a few years later to try and re-record some new songs. By then, the girls were a little bit better. They had practiced hundreds of hours since their first recording session, but their playing still inspired the engineer to write, quote, as the day progressed, I overcame my disappointment and started feeling sorry for this family paying $60 an hour for studio time. That's like... A bajillion hours in 1960s money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, those recordings at the time were not made into an album. So in so 19... Lost music out there. In 1973, the Fremont Town Supervisors decide that they're going to end their Saturday night concerts because no one really remembers why. <laughs> Except that there might have been like fights and drugs circulating in the crowd. At this point, it is 1973. So the girls had been playing since 69, right? So that's about four or five year run. Austin was pissed that they canceled. They were like, we're not doing this anymore. But the girls were like, thank fucking God. I'm sick of having to play every Saturday night. Also, we're getting older. Like the oldest one was in her 20s. She's like 28 almost. Mm. Uh, The girls were getting older and didn't appreciate his authority. Helen secretly married her, the first boyfriend she ever had, someone she had met at the dances and continued living at home and didn't tell her parents three months after the wedding because she was too afraid to tell Austin what she did. On the night that she finally got up the courage to say something, Austin got his shotgun and Uh. went after the husband. The police were called and they joined in and were like, okay, Helen, you have to choose which guy you want to leave with. And she leaves with her husband. I think, I don't know. It's probably not a great situation either. Yeah, yeah, probably not. But at that time she was 28 years old, still living at home, still terrified of her dad. They keep playing a few more years even after the town hall stuff is done, they're they're doing their old nursing home gigs, right? Local affairs. Austin is still like, they're going to make it. But the band breaks up in 1975. Why? It was the fucking day their dad, Austin, drops dead of a heart attack at age 47. According to Helen, 47. 47. Well, that's about the time. The heart attacks will get you. Yep. According to Helen, that day was the only time he they ever played a version of philosophy of the world that Austin praised. When he died, Dot was 26, Betty is 24, and Helen's 28. So that separation kind of happened then. So a few years after Austin dies, Betty and Dot go on and get married, move to their own houses, Eventually, Annie, their mom, sells the house that they were living in and moves into an apartment. After a while, the house's new owner complained to people in town that it was crazy haunted. 
And as soon as she could afford it, she builds another building on the property that was further back and allowed the Fremont Fire Department to burn the old house down for firefighting practice. Fun. That's pretty cool. (laughs) When this article was written, so this is from a New Yorker article from 1999. Dot and Betty were living, I think, together just a few miles down few miles down the road from Fremont and Helen was a few miles further in Exeter. They do not play music anymore. None of them were really ever interested in it. After Austin died, they also sold most of their equipment and Dot ended up cleaning houses for a living. Betty was a school janitor and then worked in a stock room of a warehouse and Helen suffered from like severe depression and was just living on disability but by the 80s copies of philosophy of the world were circulating among musicians and it of course develops a weird cult following with fans including frank zappa bonnie Raitt, kurt cobain that yeah like all those people um, the shot, the shogs, the shags had never made any money from their albums at the time until years later when they attracted fans in a guy named Terry Adams and a guy named Tom Ardolino who are in the band NRBQ, which I'm not familiar with, but they have a Wikipedia page. They said they saw the beauty and originality in the music and that it was quote outside of the normal thinking process for songwriting at the time he (laughs) felt it needed to be heard and that people would like it so they convinced the wiggin sisters the shags to let their record label rounder records re-release philosophy of the world in 1980 (laughs) reviewing the reissue Rolling Stones, Deborah Cohen described philosophy of the world as, quote, the sickest, most stunningly awful, wonderful record I've heard in ages. And in another review, another Rolling Stones author wrote that it could be the worst album ever recorded. In the 90s, interest continues to grow and there's a new genre called outsider music, which I guess is probably what they are it's music created by self-taught or naive musicians kurt cobain of nirvana named the shags as one of as one of his favorite bands which is probably why anybody other than zappa but zappa's you know that guy but that all's okay hold is on. that a bit is that they're just taking the piss though like i feel like they don't say that no in earnest. zappa zappa maybe Zapp- kurt cobain i can feel like could just be like that's what i'm it's like that guy yeah, it's like that guy in college who's like, oh, yeah, well, my favorite Maybe band, band is the Like, have you ever heard of Joy Division? But you've never heard like, of it. Yes. Yeah. And then if you hear it, you're going to think it sounds like trash, but it's my favorite because I'm a unique man. Mm-hmm. That's what that sounds That's like. That's what that is. We say it like that, but we all had sex Do with it? that man. Yeah, of course. Oh, yeah. 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 In 1996, a guy named Erwin Chusid, uh, he was the author of a book called Songs in the Key of Z, (laughs) The Curious Universe of Outsider Music, discovered that the company he worked with had bought rights to the Shag songs and had been bundled it with some other obscure music publishing rights. So he finds 
that second recording session and suggest to the like vice president of RCA that he should, who was also really into outsider music, that he should ask if they can re- release those recordings. And they do. It's released in 1999 and uh, doesn't, it sold like a thousand copies. And the RCA guy was like, I guess people that's pretty, aren't. That's better than it was. People aren't as into outsider music as I thought. Over the years, the album began to filter through all those circles and is known now as one of the most unfettered record is records in existence it's a musician's favorite and what's more copies of that original 1969 i think was it recording are now like major collectibles mm-hmm. like going for like 10 grand Damn. if you can find one because there's only a hundred copies yeah. unless somebody finds these alleged other 900 yeah. even then that's still not very uh, many copies no it's not a lot yeah. um but yeah it makes them without a doubt the biggest band to ever emerge from yeah Fremont, right. new hampshire and that's it good for them but you know what not bad for them they didn't want to do all that no they didn't they no. didn't want to at all and they don't get paid for any Here, of that. the moral of the story is don't listen to your father especially an asshole like that yeah there was also suspected like gross stuff yeah too. yeah with the dad one of the daughters was like no and one of them was like yes yeah so he he wasn't a good Believe guy the yes. i'm glad he, yeah i'm yeah. glad he's dead I'm glad he's dead I'm glad too. he died young and Fuck that guy. those girls were were able to enjoy their twenties sort of well, two of them were They got their thirties. Yeah. Yeah. The oldest one, Helen, died in two thousand six. Mm. But the other two are still alive. How old is that? now they're like in their seventies. Yeah. Mid to late seventies. I wonder if I wonder if they ever heard them. Mm-hmm. They ever heard them? Yeah, like their own album. I like bet, Mom and Spencer. I oh. bet that I I could see Spencer being like, I've heard this. I've, I have a yeah. original. He pressing. was into the weird <laughs> shit. shit. Yeah. Well, and they were both like in and around Austin. They didn't tour though. No, I mean Spencer and Holly. Right. And I feel like Austin, like Austin was Austin probably musicians. a place where at least one of those yeah. albums weirdos lived. was like. Kut got a hand. I got this. Got yeah. Album. I mean, they yeah. got play on a a few college radio stations well i'm glad they got normal lives hopefully the way they talk though i i did find a youtube recording of i think it was dot and the other one interviews after the fact or they were like yeah they have but this is the only reason i think it's worth just hearing is because you can hear because to me the way they sound really does sound like they have some weird speech thing going on. Yeah. Like the way they sing, like they sound like something's the matter with them. Uh, but they're here. just saying. Father, sort of strict in general, like about everything. Pretty much. Yes, he was. We couldn't really go too far. All well, that Boston is coming mm, through. Yeah. yeah. We weren't allowed to go out to dances or anything. We just paid home. It's like that kind of like... <laughs> He didn't want us to have so much of a social life. Afraid we'd get too involved on the outside. Which we probably would have. Yeah. So yeah, whatever we did, we did as a family. Yeah, yeah that's what it was. We did everything. Yeah, it's very north, very northeastern. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Whatever we did, we did as a family. Whatever yeah. we did, we did as a family. Thick as thieves. <laughs> they got no Oz there. They don't yeah. say the Oz. Mm-mm. No. 
My friend, foot, foot. <laughs> My friend, foot, foot. It's just such a. Do you want to see a K? If you go to there, where's your wife? Hide yeah. the metal. <laughs> um, there they have a website, and there is a drawing of foot, foot on the website that. Uh, what, are, what I don't know if you want to see it. Yeah, foot, shags foot. with two G's. Um, <laughs> my pal foot foot do you see happy to not it's have shags. a right com. <laughs> do you see foot foot <laughs> you have your privacy screen on Haley it's like it's a bullet cat it's oh. like the back half of a child's drawing of a tiger and, and then the a shark the face. shark a shark's face but it's also in the style of a tiger is it because it only has two feet yeah, it, otherwise sh- it'd be called foot 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 yeah Foot, foot, the foot, foot, tail. Foot, foot. foot. They could have put two tails on it and it would have been tail, tail. Yep, but it wasn't. It was. It was. Foot, 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 foot. 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 Uh. Also, from editing the last episode, you gave me the Prince Harry book and I had read a part of it and I was like, oh, look, he's living with a guy named Willie. That's really British. And it never occurred to me that Willie is his brother Prince William <laughs> yeah I was like oh Willie this little guy Willie nope. I thought about that because I was listening to our favorite podcast yes and they like that's did a read along and I was like oh <laughs> I get it in the car Willie also that's is like a Prince horrible William. nickname it's also it's British it's yeah. gotta be like inbred British gross <laughs> yeah you know Willie. like the way oh. they say it I can't find it Willie. is like my Willie like, like it's a dingle, a, a dingle yeah. like a Willie and glass I were of dingle playing hide and seek were you playing hide, hide the and Willie. seek with Willie? Mm-hmm. Mm. anyways please so what do you got today yeah yeah foot foot <coughs> foot foot so we were talking about h-e-b pretty yeah constant subject one of the things yes. i like about texas what's another thing mm-hmm. you like about texas dairy queen because yeah. this is the stop sign of texas that's what they're new Oh, it's it new. is the, the stop sign, but Dairy Queen isn't from Texas. That's true. But they Texify it. But what is your favorite thing at Dairy Queen? Blizzard dipped cone. Okay, like or a fresh blizzard. dipped cone. When you when they first hand you the dipped cone and it hasn't fully solidified around the outside, it's like prime time. It's so fucking good, and then it hardens, and then it's satisfying also because it's like. I like the blizzard because when we were kids, you used to get free coupons for blizzards if you got straight A's. But you could use that for a but cone. The thing and is, I'm a vanilla girl. I can just buy that shit now, and I don't got to get straight A's for nothing. Yes, ma'am. Yes, What's ma'am. your favorite That's thing? Healing my inner child. Queen. A blizzard. Yeah. But also, what do y'all ever eat the meals? John no. loves steak fingers. I can't think Same. of a single time that I've had food at a dairy queen. I'm not saying I haven't. I just. Okay. It's a dessert-only kind of place for me. Okay. I mostly operate along those lines also, but I am married to someone who is obsessed with steak fingers because I'm pretty sure that's the only place in town you could get steak fingers. Yeah. Right? I mean, it's like, especially I don't think any fast other food, yeah. fast food places have steak fingers. It Maybe A&W. I could see A&W has steak fingers. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a steak fingers. Girl. A I also like fingers. a good taco. Their crunchy tacos are not bad. Is it yep, better the silence is your silence is appropriate. Yeah. Um, I'm interested to see where this is yeah. going. Yeah. So, have y'all been to a Dairy Queen outside of Texas? No. no. Okay. 
neither of you would have a problem. John would have a problem. They don't have steak fingers outside of Texas? So we (gasps) will talk about the Texification of Dairy Queen Queen and how it's very different than if you go outside. So, uh, yeah, you're not going to see steak fingers or a chicken fried steak sandwich outside of Texas. Hmm. If you go to a Dairy Queen, you're not going to see any of the busters, the hunger busters, the belt busters, the triple buster. We're all aware. If you go to Arkansas, you're just going to see chicken fingers. And soft enough for people with no teeth to eat it. Yeah. 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 And then you're also going to see the uh, slogan, happy tastes good. That's not terrible. Is that like the opposite of nothing tastes as good as skinny feels? Oh, shit. Like, it is definitely driving the food equals happiness yeah definitely especially because dairy queen is sometimes the only fast food restaurant available in a small town oh yeah yeah i'm also in my mind thinking how would they sing that (laughs) (laughs) because ours is very singable it is i just imagine them happy tastes good (laughs) like i think you nailed it i think that's probably what it is yeah so 50 years ago the your favorites they didn't you know a few of them existed the hunger buster was released in 1974 the hunger buster has been released (laughs) (laughs) trying to say this is like an educational research yes feels insane i did get a little high okay um it makes you're gonna get real hungry talking about i know i know i was like this is you know what i will get all high for this story um the country basket was released two years after the Hunger Buster, and the jingle—that's what I like home around here. Mm-hmm. Do you know when that re- was released? The first one. That—that's what I like yeah. about Texas. I'm Did gonna say nineties. Nineties. Yeah. Com- it's very commercial. Yeah. Yeah. Nineteen ninety-one. Two thousand and two. Wow. Right. I that's feel like, like I. That's right. my childhood. Of Texas. Yeah. I, yes. The first one being the stars at night are big and, and bright. Deep, deep in, in the heart of Texas. Texas. If you weren't here because you didn't see that, our arms were compelled to do that. It wasn't a choice. Yeah. It was much like hiccuping. That is very true. Yep. I actually clenched my hands together so as not to raise my hand. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you're going to yeah. start. Your nosebleed's going to pop out a couple minutes from now. It, yeah. yeah. My Small head's going to explode. Yeah. I just Pops will be here any minute. Fall, I just slide out of the chair. <laughs> so we're going to talk a little bit about the Texas Dairy Queen Operators Council. All capitalized letters. How do you get on that? Right. Exclusive. So uh, the, this started in 1947 when Raleigh Close opened the first Texas Dairy Queen in. Do we know where the first Texas Dairy Queen was? Ooh, Corpus Christi. Ooh, what a burger! Threatening. Um, I'm gonna guess. I do have the Dairy Queen website open, but it doesn't say. It was a northern state, right? I'm city. Is it New no. Hampshire? No, oh, it's in, in Texas. In Texas. Oh, the in Texas. City or region. Nacogdoches. Austin, Texas. Yeah. Where? I don't, okay. What is it now? Okay. No, me and Whitney need to figure out where it yeah, is. We'll figure and it out. then we'll tell you what it used to be. And then we'll tell you a fun story about how we probably got picked up to go to a party there mm-hmm. or something. I love that. Yep. 
so he opens it in 1947. Uh, the Dairy Queen in Illinois, where it's based out of, they, the owners sold Close the rights to all of the Texas territory. And so then Close is like, cool, thanks. And he's just able to like throw around franchises. Franchisees? Franchise. Franchise. Yeah, franchise. Um, so he was like, he was pretty loose with it. He was uh, lending money to aspiring restaurateurs, like, I'll help you start this franchise. Mm-hmm. And he would write down contracts on napkins. There's a story of somebody buying their Dairy Queen franchise from him in his pajamas in his garage. I love it. I love this guy. Very hands-off, if you will. By 1973, there were more Dairy Queens in Texas than any other state. Still are. See. Uh, so the franchisees are, are, yeah, are able to play around with the menu because he's so hands off that it's like, whatever, I don't know, whatever you want to do. Um, we, we need this ice cream stuff, but other than that, go nuts. And they did. And so if you go to a national dairy queen, so if any of you two were going on a road trip, see a dairy queen in nebraska mm-hmm. you're gonna be fine you're gonna get a dip cone you're gonna get a blizzard you're good to go mm-hmm. because most of the country that's all you're gonna get at it a dairy queen queen of the dairy and then texas it's like let's throw a burger on that menu like let's throw tacos oh, so they don't have like any food at the other dairy queens no it's not the it is a dairy dairy queen yeah it's all dairy so like it's like a drive through ice cream store yes are you okay? Wow. Nope. There I'm aren't those nope. anywhere. There aren't. There's one two CP1. There's 31 flavors. Baskin it doesn't Arbor's. have a drive through. I bet there's a drive through. It's Baskin not Arbor's like fast Sonic. food. It's not like you're going, like you you go to Baskin Robbins on like a special occasion. For a little treat. For a little treat. Again, I'm an adult now and I get little treats whenever I want to. I don't have but to have Dairy good Queen, grades or good attendance. Dairy Queen <laughs> Sometimes is I'm like. just sad. I guess it's because they have food here. Like, yeah. Are the Dairy Queens in other states drive-throughs? Yeah. Or is it like a Baskin Robbins? Oh, they still do your upside right side. <laughs> they go, <"Wee-hoo."> okay. <laughs> this is. I'm just really excited right now because it's always me that has their <laughs> mind fully blown, yeah. and I just got to do it. <laughs> it's so exciting. So the Dairy Queens in Texas were kind of, you know, menus were whatever they wanted to be. They were definitely in big competition with our Corpus Christi friends, Whataburger. And with Whataburger, people know what to expect when they're going in. They're like, oh, I know that I want this honey butter chicken biscuit. Mm -hmm. I know where to find it. I'm going to Whataburger. Mm -hmm. And so the TDQOC, if you will. Okay. Um, decide they're going to standardize the menus and they are going to pool advertising money to Texas-specific ads similar to like Ford or, or Chevy or, mm-hmm. you know, you've all seen them. But this is like a, it's just, it's cute. <laughs> it's I love it. It's cute. So Close ends up selling the territory back to Dairy Queen in 1980. And I can't. It was not documented. I cannot imagine how much money. Yeah, yeah seriously. Yeah. Like he that probably made so much fucking money. I bet he's just in his pajamas in his garage for the rest of his life. Mm-hmm. Doesn't have to do anything. 
So corporate is now telling the Texas Dairy Queens that they want to put, you know, they want to standardize the menus. Mm -hmm. And they're also telling them how they want them to advertise. And of course... Those Texas DQs were like, hell no. You don't tell me what to do. You don't. So Texas Dairy Queens ended up filing a lawsuit for fraud and misrepresentation in 1991 against Dairy Queen. And they reached a settlement agreement in 1992 to where they can kind of peacefully coexist. Okay. Uh, this is a quote from a Dairy Queen franchisee. They've continued to change royalty contracts, but have to accept our use of Texas DQ products and let Texas do its own advertising. So like we're getting what we want, but like they might be messing with royalty, whatever, making sure that they're all branded the same. And then Texas Dairy Queen could agree to go like <laughs> go legit and get right like and align we're themselves. getting out of the business yeah we're going legit <laughs> we'll do just the the sweet treats um but they would have to do like a majority rule so mm. it's very like democratic mm. <laughs> and that's just not gonna happen and so dairy queen doesn't have the footprint in Texas that it once did in 1980, they said, you know, there's over a thousand. And then today there's fewer than 600. 589. <laughs> to be exact. How many matches are on the floor? Um, zero. Zero. How'd she know? So a lot of this is, or thought that it could be because there was this Dallas investment firm that bought a bunch of them and then, just messed it up because yeah they mm. all have this like local family owned vibe and then once they tried to make it bigger i think that was a mistake they ended up having to declare bankruptcy so they think a lot of the impact is from the dallas area but mm. that's not surprising yeah well, i know that's what you can like guarantee in any small town in texas there's gonna be a dairy queen that's what distinguishes a small town yeah. from just a just a couple of houses yeah. on the side of the highway a place you have to slow down yeah a lot of those 400 there's actually another article about small towns that have lost their dairy queens oh. and i was like i can't that's that handle that right i don't want to yeah. think like that like an emotion yeah yeah uh so the menu we've changes. lost our queen <laughs> the queen is dead <laughs> i would do a huge march through a town if they took my dq yeah i would do that the menu changes are still happening like right now you can go get some fried jalapenos uh like some jalapeno so are we going to dairy queen or are we we going to h-e-b can we do both we can do both i wouldn't be surprised if they're in cahoots somehow (laughs) not cahoots the all of the cahoots they're trying to edge out bucky's yeah yeah Imagine if all three of them got together. It's like a trifecta. I feel like Whataburger can hang out on its own, but those three, because two of them could rely on the power. Bucky's, HEB, and I think the trifecta is Whataburger, HEB, and Bucky's. I know we can't take Dairy Queen, but let's pretend. Yeah, DK is like the like DQ is like the like weird cousin. Yeah. Like, they can come to, like... They're the adopted one. Yeah. I get it. They're fine. They got the blizzard. It's a whole thing. <laughs> I mean, thing. really, it, no. Where else are you going to get the 
the ice creams. See, I agree. I also forgot to mention a dilly bar, which is arguably one of the one. most fun things to say. Also, I did find the exact location of the first um, Dairy Queen. Which one is it in Austin? In Austin. It's on Guadalupe, and it's literally right next to where Toy Joy and Buffalo Exchange used to be. It's right uh, before that. Here, I'll show you. So it's across the street from where I Love Video was. That's yes. weird. Yeah. I know. I know that. I know exactly. It's a. It looks like now. I don't think it's the same building, but what's there now looks like a closed garage. Yeah. Yeah. So. Anyways. Oh, I think it's actually Buffalo Exchange is still there. Yeah, Buffalo. But now it's like two, like pavement and like something else. Yeah. So it's in between rich pavement. There's a lot, a very very small lot. Oh, got it. And then Mm -hmm, there's mm -hmm. it's that small lot right there. There's not a Dairy Queen close enough to me. No. No. Sonic is the closest thing. We're hungry. Well, I mean, that's yeah, it. We're all um, yeah, it was perfect timing. Because I'm that I'm done. Well, yeah. menus still changing. I say go buy. I want to say support your local if you want dairy some queen. Dairy Queen stats because I did pull it up because I was curious. So, in Texas, there are 589 Dairy Queens. It is almost double the next most Dairy Queen having state. So Ohio is at number two, and they only have 258. Cowards. And I love it, too, because they break it down by population. So for every 49,000 people in Texas, there is one Dairy Queen. Wow. Which means there'd be like two in Austin. Way more than two in Austin. There are more than two in Austin, but I didn't think of population-wise. I feel like dairy. I don't feel like I'm ever like looking for a Dairy Queen until I'm looking for a Dairy. You know what I mean? Yeah, like it's just a blend destination. In with the landscape mm-hmm. a little bit. I mean, it is. Do y'all want to go somewhere else in the United States? Yes. Okay. The city of New Orleans has a rich history filled with intriguing characters, but few have captured the imaginations quite like Jacques Saint Germain. The enigmatic figure. I always write that word out because I like it, but I never can say it right. Enigmatic figure. Makes sound smart. It does, right? That's the next album from Jacques. Jacques Saint Germain arrived in the city seemingly out of nowhere with tales of his personal experience dating back to centuries. Despite his mysterious past, Saint Germain quickly became a beloved member of the community, renowned for his charm, wit, and generosity. However, as time went on, some began to suspect that there was more to St. Germain than met the eye. There were whispers that he was not a man at all, but an immortal being who had walked the earth for centuries. <gasps> Arriving in the early 1900s, the wealthy, middle-aged man from France took up residence at a house on Royal Street. And it's still there to this day. It's very, very mm-hmm. French Quarter, very beautiful. Um, and he began throwing lavish parties for the city's elite. St. Germain regaled his guests with stories of ancient times that were so detailed it was as if he had been there himself. He claimed to be the descendant of Count St. Germain, who was a famed 18th century adventurer, musician, and alchemist, among other things. Um, Guests noted the physical resemblance between their host and portraits of the Count. Some began to wonder if Jacques St. Germain was, in fact, the same man as the the Count of St. Germain is known to history. I wanted oh to do God. this, year, like 
years ago a year ago or something no it was just like i want to do more research than that so i'm really happy that somebody (laughs) else is doing it right now i'm taking this with a little bit more brevity because you can get real deep into this yeah it got overwhelming it's two very points in history so okay so count saint germain was a well-known figure in high society circles in europe during the 18th century he was famous for his vast knowledge of science and history and his ability to speak several language fluently These languages included French, German, Dutch, Spanish, Spanish, Portuguese, Russian, and English, as well as some Chinese, Latin, Arabic, ancient Greek, and even Sanskrit. Um, His yeah, his presence. Who who knows that? That's not people who could be centuries old. It sounds like Santas. Yeah, Santas. The Santas. Sanskrit. Anyways. His presence throughout history is said to have been the liar guy. Yeah. Oh, you mean um, DeSantis. DeSantis. No, DeSantis is the Florida no, governor. No, George Santos. Santos. Santos, Santos yes. the drag queen. Um, his presence queen. throughout history is said to have been unnatural and mysterious. One famous story about the Count's apparent immortality date back, dates back to a party held at the manor of Madame de Pompadour, who was a very famous mistress what of name. Louis XV of France. In 1760, Countess von, von Gregory approached him at one of Pompadour's parties, thinking that he was the son of a man that she knew from 1710, who was also named Count de Saint-Germain. Upon meeting the Count, she asked him if... It was his father whom she knew in Venice. The Count replied, no, madame, but myself, w- but I myself was living in Venice at the end of the last century and the beginning of this one. I had the honor to pay you court then. The Countess was perplexed and said, forgive me, but that's impossible. The Countess St. Germain I knew in those days was at least 45 years old, and you at the outside are that age at present. The Count smiled and replied, madame, I'm very old. The astonished Countess continued. But then you must be nearly a hundred years old. The count then matter-of-factly told her that's not impossible and went on to convince the countess that he was indeed the same man she knew with the details of her previous meetings with him. I mean, I'd believe that. 50 years earlier. You could convince him that. Yeah, Yeah, same. (laughs) <laughs> like yeah, I'm like I'm I'm global. I'm at a party. Will yeah. It's the you. 1700s. I'm a French aristocrat. Things are gonna get real bad for me pretty soon. Mm-hmm. Not really aware of that quite yet. So tell me about tell your me immortality. Lies. Hot man, tell me lies. <laughs> right. Yes. To this. Yes. Absolutely. Okay. So Comte Saint Germain was a um, described as possessing an otherworldly charisma that left those who met s- him spellbound. His physical presence was as striking as his personality. He had a, quote, well-proportioned body, slightly dark complexion, and dark hair that was often powdered. He favored simple, high-quality black clothes that accentuated his elegant form. Same. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just can't color coordinate. The Count was known to claim to have personal stories from centuries before and even to possess the secret of eternal youth. Um, he was into alchemy, and so there was, like, the rumor that he had the Philosopher's Stone. Harry Potter. Yes, that the minus the turfism. Um, right. The philosopher's stone is a thing in history that basically can turn lead into gold, and also in liquid form is the f- fountain of youth. Dang. Yep. Despite his seemingly supernatural powers, he was considered eccentric rather than insane due to the fact that he also came off like a genius. Yeah. So he could tell all these lies, or th- I don't even think they're lies, whatever it was, um, tell these stories without seeming insane because he was just such a breadth of knowledge and intelligence that it didn't come off as like he was an insane person just babbling. 
So that's confidence. And it was wealthy baby. too. Mm-hmm. That is confidence. <laughs> Real quick, he was ambidextrous. <gasps> yeah, it relates back to the. Is it because he only had one hand? I don't know. It didn't tell me. I think don't it probably would have varied specifically. Because now I am high. <laughs> <laughs> he was also a skilled musician and linguist um, and noted alchemist. Tales of his seemingly miraculous abilities abound, including the ability to create diamonds out of thin air and an elixir of life that many believe was responsible for his youthful appearance and health. You know, 1,700 years before this, he would have been called Jesus Christ. <laughs> This is true. Or the devil. Madame la Comtesse de Adhemer. I took German, so do not expect anything French from me. In her book, Souvenirs de Man- Marie Antoinette, she was a count, she was alive during Marie Antoinette, um, met him on several occasions and described him as the man who does not die and noted that he arrived in Versailles in 1743, appeared to be around 45 to 50 years old, and was um, a foreigner of enormous wealth with an air of mystery that only grew deeper as time passed. Voltaire, the renowned 18th century philosopher and respected man of science and reason, said of St. Germain that he was the man who, a man who never dies and who knows everything. Throughout the 18th century, Countess St. Germain, Germain, Germain. Germain continued to use his endless knowledge of the world in the politics and social intrigues of the European elite. In the 1740s, he became a trusted diplomat in the court of King Louis XV of France, performing secret missions for him in England. In s- okay, how many um, years? I'm trying to figure out how old he is at that so, point. So um, he... They think he's 40 or 50 in... In this current timeline that yes. we're talking about right now. They yes. think he's 40 to 50. Okay. There are at least a couple of people who have said, you know, you've been 40 to 50 since I was 40 to 50 and I'm in my 80s now. Mm-hmm. What's up with that? Okay. Um, so this current edification of this person is 45 to 50. This is also why <coughs> the Cullens from the famed... <laughs> Twilight from, series. From the this documentary w- yes, Twilight. This is why they moved around. Yes. Yes. So in the 1940s, he became a trusted diplomat of the court of Louis XV in France. In, ni- in 1760, he performed similar like secret mission functions at The Hague in Amsterdam, where he met infamous lover Casanova, who said of his ledger. Yep. Um, said, <laughs> yep, that's what it's so weird. He laid pipe. That's crazy. <laughs> it's in this <laughs> article, in there. Wikipedia, and then you click through co- most Cas- pipes laid. <laughs> <laughs> Casanova's up there. I, I it's a, it clicks away. It's blue. It's highlighted, right? Like yeah, it's clickable. It clicks yeah, it's actually purpled away. out because I've already clicked it. Oh, before. you have. Yeah. Okay. How much pipe? <laughs> if how, many were, how many? How many Eiffel towers of pipe? <laughs> We're late. And I gotta get the calculator out. God. Um, Casanova said of Saint Germain, "This extraordinary man would say in an easy, assured manner that he was three hundred years old, and that he knew the secrets of universal medicine, that he possessed a mastery over nature, that he could melt diamonds. All of this, he said, was mere trifle to him." Oh, he could melt diamonds. Yeah. Why would you do that? Diamonds. Um, in in 1762. (laughs) Sorry. I was was thinking of Rihanna. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) We all were. Diamond. (laughs) Diamond. You gotta go. You gotta add at least one word on one way. (laughs) Sorry, Whitney. Okay. 
1762, he traveled to Russia, where he is said to have been involved in a conspiracy that placed Catherine the Great on the throne. In 1774, he returned to France when Louis XVI and Marie Antoinette occupied the throne. He allegedly warned them of the revolution that was soon to come. Um, in 1779, he went to Hamburg, Germany, where he befriended Prince Charles of Hesse Castle. Where he invented the Hamburger. He did. Um, he is the original Hamburglar. Hamburger. Um, <laughs> the original Hamburglar. <laughs> now just sense. go back and go back. Everything uh, I've told you. <laughs> just in he's the fucking mask on. But without a mask. because he's, he's purple. Not <laughs> he's no, like, that's Grimace. No, that's no, Grimace. That's Grimace. Weren't, no. Wasn't his shirt purple no, and black, black striped? No. It was like I'm a mimed shirt. Yes. Yeah, it was like a, a mime French mime shirt. Yeah. But... Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm good at He had dots. on like a beret or something, yes. right? Holy no, he had, like, a shit. He had a hat. Had a tr- what is it? Like a, not a, almost like a like, fedora. burglar. Oh my God. Okay, so now. he's in Hamburg, Germany. For the next five years, he's lived. I need to not go last when y'all get high. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. Shut the fuck up. You are. <laughs> <laughs> no, you can't. <laughs> are you trying to hide from no, me? No, you can't. <laughs> Crying. For the next five years, he lived as a guest in the Prince Castle in Eckerdford. According to local records, that is where St. Germain died in February 27th, 1784. Bullshit. Count St. Germain's story did not end with his death in 1784 because reports of his appearance continued well into the 19th and 18th, 19th and 20th centuries. In 1785, he was reportedly seen in Germany with... Anton Mesmer, the father of hypnotism, Mesmerism. and some others um, suggest that Saint Germain was one of was the one who gave Mesmer the initial ideas for hypnotism and personal magnetism. This guy did everything. He's everywhere. Yes. He's like a Forrest Gump, but funner. Um, I think at least um, smarter, smarter. For sure. Yeah, he's not. He is a smart man, and he does yeah. know what love is. Yeah, um, official. <laughs> <laughs> he knows what uh, pop is. Uh. Official records of the Freemasons show that St. Germain was chosen as the representative for Convention 1785. He was also known to be present at the execution of Marie Antoinette in 1793, the event that he had predicted some years mm. previous. I mean, wasn't everybody there? To go, I told you so, I bitch. Told that bitch. I said, I don't eat so. that cake. At least don't let anybody don't know eat you're eating I just, I more imagine him like just elbowing people <laughs> one at a time be like... I told him. I knew. I don't think he wanted to be associated with them at all. Yeah, probably not. He probably came in disguise, like all gross. He put a little like dirt on his face. Except he's still out on his hamburger mask. (laughs) He made himself look older for no reason. Eating a cheeseburger, (laughs) (laughs) but like real secretly. Yeah, and people are like, "What is it? Baguette." Just Hurry up. And then he runs away with his cape <laughs> on and just runs into the Whisks head. himself yeah. like giggling. Like. <laughs> 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 okay. He continued to be present in Europe during the late 18th and early 19th century. More accounts. Um, so there are some more accounts from Comtesse de Adhima. Um, in 1821 she wrote I have seen St. Germain again each time to my amazement I saw him when the queen was murdered on the 18th in Brumaire on the following day of the death of Duke de Ehine um, in January of 1850 on the eve of the murder of the Duke of de Berry the last time I saw him was in 1820 and each time he looked to be a man no older than his mid 40s 
so she's now seen this dude for 40 years herself and that's this fucked. is just her diary and shit like people yeah. aren't lying no, no, this about is, this no, this is her that's this a is her, like, this biography. is her souvenirs of Man- marie antoinette this is her memoir but this is like a passing thing she mentioned yeah this is about marie antoinette no. really yeah. at it's all. about it's her just life this, yeah, yeah. Okay, after 1821, it's possible that St. Germain assumed another identity. Albert Van Damme um, recounted in his memoirs a meeting with a man who looked remarkably like Countess St. Germain, but when the n- but went by the name Major Fraser, which is fun. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Major Fraser. I mean, it's quite the change. I love it. Um, Van Damme noted that Major Fraser never talked about his family, had a seemingly endless supply of money, and had an astonishing knowledge of European countries throughout history. Interestingly, Major Frazier suggested that his learning didn't come from books alone, often alluding to the encounters with historical fi- figures, personal encounters with historical figures like Nero and Dante. The, so this would put him in 1400s. Yeah. Like way, way, way far, yeah. The enigmatic, I keep using this word, Major Frazier disappeared without a trace a few years after he met Van Damme. In the late 19th century, St. Germain name resurfaced when members of the Theosophical Society, including the renowned mystic Madame Helena Blavatsky, claimed that he was still alive and working towards spiritual enlightenment enlightenment in the West, a photograph believed to be authentic shows Blavatsky and St. Germain together. And Blavatsky was, like, very huge a part of, like, uh, mysticism and mm-hmm. mis- all that kind of stuff. She was a big boss lady for that kind of shit. So... Why St. Germain traveled to New Orleans is anyone's guess. We've now caught up to early 1900s from the beginning of the story. But when he arrived, he arrived with a bang. Upon moving to his home on Royal Street, he threw a lavish party to essentially announce his arrival. Um, (laughs) I want to do that. (laughs) I'm here. Now going by Jacques St. Germain. Jacques had a mysterious past, but it didn't matter to the local elite since he was one of the obvious wealthiest and most cultured person that they had ever had in their city. He was charismatic, spoke numerous languages, told engrossing tales of adventure. These parties became a regular occurrence for the new debutante, despite never eating any of the food that was provided and only drinking what appeared to be red wine. <gasps> the Slutty. Vampire. The public took to the charismatic new character of the French Quarter, but Jacques' time in the Big Easy would be short-lived. One night, Jacques took a woman home from a local pub, um, rumored to be a prostitute, <gasps> which is we're, we're pro-sex work here. The woman soon found herself at a police station with a story that sounded like out of a, a horror novel. She claimed that Jacques came to her at alarming speed and strength, pinned her against the mantle, and began biting her neck viciously. The woman was able to break free, but instead of trying to make it past Jacques, she threw herself out the second story window window over a balcony, (laughs) resulting in her legs breaking in a few places. She was taken to the hospital and the police interviewed Jacques, who claimed she was drunk and just jumped out the window. Silly bitch. Silly crazy. Just drink and jump out windows. Um, The police asked Jacques to come to the station to give a more formal statement the next day, but he never appeared and he abandoned his house with pretty much everything left in it (gasps) although she survived the fall she was terrified and claimed that she jumped to escape saint germain who had been her neck people on the street helped her out um the woman was taken to the hospital mixed reports on whether she died or not some say she died some say she didn't germain flees the cops come to the house the next day and they find it completely abandoned and there's blood stains all over that room that they were in tablecloths 
there were tablecloths and items from different all different periods of time in history. What? To top of that, there was not a single piece of food in the house, just large collections of wine bottles filled with a mixture of wine and blood. Human blood. Ah! Yep. Jacques Saint Germain was never seen again. He disappeared just as mystery mysteriously as he arrived. As one can only imagine, his contemporaries were shocked at the scandal, feeling both betrayed and fooled, and probably a little disappointed that the fun had come to the end and they had lost their vampire of New Orleans. So the Comte de Saint-Germain remains a mystery and a fascinating figure in history. He was a man of many talents and interests and stories um, with a personality that can captivate and money that can captivate um, and influence those around him. Whether he possessed supernatural powers or was simply an eccentric genius remains to matter of debate the legend of jacques saint germain the vampire of new orleans adds another layer of intrigue onto the count story though there's no concrete evidence linking these two the similarities of their names their personalities alleged immortality have led some to speculate that they might have been the same person regardless of the truth the enduring fascination with the count de saint germain and jacques saint germain serves as a testament to the enduring lure of mysterious and unknown so where is he now? He's still alive. Yeah. If you goog him, there's some guy in the 70s yeah, that I didn't go over him. He seemed kind of lame. I didn't look into it, but there's a guy. He wasn't as whimsical. He seemed kind of attention hungry in like a 80s way, not in a yeah, turn of the century. You've been alive for 250 you just slip years into way. Well, you could keep looking into it, and there are implications that he was like around in the time of Christ and like at the council of nicaea that's too scary that's too no, far back i love for that me. it was very, the, when i was reading that part of it because that was even less founded so i didn't include it but it was the implication was that he was what from biblical stories is called the wandering jew oh yeah which is basically at the crucifixion of christ there was somebody in the crowd some people say it was a soldier some people say it was just a crowd member that like taunted jesus and God cursed him with eternal life to wander oh. the earth forever. And so there's that's kind of mm-hmm. thinking what that's it is. That's cool. But all I could think of was Sympathy for the Devil by the Rolling Stones. Right. <laughs> like, <laughs> he's in every part of history yeah. Yeah. kind of guiding, like, in kind of way. It's, yeah. There's really that's, aren't There's pictures. a movie that, that happens in, right? What? Like a guy yeah. changing. I've been trying like to. Going. It's not like time traveler's wife or something i've never seen that movie or read that book i've heard they're good i feel like it's one of the it's uh folks in sandman too crystal of forever mm-hmm. just kind of poke around with history mm-hmm. influence people dang that guy i yeah he's still alive he's, he's probably he's probably real hot too oh. i bet he's distinguished gentleman but if he's like in his like 40? Yeah, he's yeah, Pedro he's like Pascal. Pep- <gasps> yeah. It's Pedro Pascal. He's a daddy, as See, we would in 2023. Because he couldn't, you can't get that famous because then he was on the court with, with King Fame Louis. Is more fleeting than you think. I would say Pedro Pascal is not so ubiquitous that wow he would be not easily forgot to history in 100 years. I'm sorry. In 100 years? Yeah. Okay. Name name of, of a name of famous actor from a hundred years ago. That would be nineteen twenty three. Groucho Marx. Name one more. Does it have to be a boy? There you go. There you go. Well, can it be a what I'm female? Is, but you can probably name twenty five people who consider a list right now. Yeah. Yeah. 
Everyone, I don't know. My is point Pedro is, A-list? everyone gets forgotten. I think he's a list at this point. I don't think. I think he. I think his he's online presence. I, I is will A-list, say maybe I'm getting some TikTok, but I think and like his bias. overall, he's not an A list actor yet. Yeah, he's yeah. not in that many movies, but he is in two of the hottest TV shows yeah. out right now, yeah. and he's the hottest person. I don't. I think he's hot. I'm not denying that. I think he's hot. I don't think he's. I'm not. I, I'm not. I'm not on the same obsessive level. But I also don't watch the same shows and stuff. So maybe I'm just not. Did you watch The Mandalorian? I'm, I'm not gonna lie. Since I was in India, okay. I'm very much on a Dev Patel Kate thing right now. Julia Roberts. I did she, eat. I did not pray. Yeah. And I uh, work appropriate. Did you I want to go back to this Dev Patel thing. Sorry. <laughs> Haley's really into Dev Patel right yeah. now. He's so thin. See, no. and also I have. Or am I, I get, thinking of something? I get that he's, he's hot, but I remember you watch Skins. Yes, so it's all I can think of. Is yeah, that. is that's how I see Dave Patel. See, as and well. I've never seen Skins. Dev Patel, not Dave. Dave. Patel. Have you seen Green Knight? Yeah, oh, he's I so mean, good I tried to. It was so dark. I hate that trend in movies. Oh, now. oh, I like it. I liked it. It's fun. I mean, again. did you? Do we see it together? Do mm-hmm. we go in? The we theater? saw the Northman. Northman together. Northman. Yeah. That was the other one. That was the dark. No, that was very dark. That was much more violent. Dark. Grant, yeah. there is violence in Green Knight. Green Knight, but it's different. It's more kind of cerebral. It's, it's whimsical. Yeah, we but love like an Arthurian thing. We've had this conversation yeah, before. We when I you were in high school, you either did. Got an Arthurian obsession, or you got a Greek gods obsession? Greek gods, and I went with Greek gods. I, I did too. Yeah, I went with Greek gods. There's more fun going on in the Greek. Like you can, like they're fucking everybody. Well, so are they in in mm, their fucking language. each other. I think it's the the celestial kind of thing, kind of. Yeah, and they have like granted, Arthurian legends does have like Merlin and God, yeah, yeah, and magic, but, but it's so different. much more Greek than there is Arthur. I, mm, there is. I'm having a moment because yeah. I'm realizing I was like halfway into both. And yeah. it's one of those things where it's like, Lisa, you can't. You've got to you pick one. You can't have it both ways. you got to make a decision. Well, yeah. Like tonight, okay, this me. is our decision. Are we going to AGB or are we going to Dairy Queen? I think I know. Everybody say it on three. One, one two, two, three. three. Dairy Queen. <laughs> we all said something different though because you said yeah. Dairy Queen. I only said HB because I thought there wasn't a Dairy Queen nearby. It's we have to go drive. that much. Do I have it. to drive? We y'all? can go to the one on Burnett or we can go to the one on like 45. <laughs> the one on 45 sounds sad. It does. Well, Anyways, okay. We're just having a regular conversation now. <laughs> so uh, thanks for listening. God bless you. God bless you. Um, Haley, say God bless you. Well, I'm scared. I'll burst into flames. So you t- <laughs> I so can't you t- do it. Toot. 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 Farting in the ghost. Farting. <laughs> the ghost. Oh, my God. <laughs> Bye. Bye.